Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we're talking about a fairly sticky issue, and that is applying the Bible to some current events that we're having, the, the, the issues that are going on in Israel, as Israel responds to the horrendous barbaric uh, terrorist attack of Hamas, these Islamic terrorists, that uh, this last Saturday. What's, what's a Christian to think about this? What's a Christian to think about this? And what's a Christian to think about war? And how should you and I think about this? After all, we're called to be loving people. We're called to forgive our enemies. We're called to pray for those who persecute us. These are Jesus brought some revolutionary teaching. How does this relate to, obviously, a desire for justice, a desire for vengeance, a desire that those who did these things would never do it again? Should we support the leadership of Israel and what they're doing? And it's, as I've been saying the last couple of days, it's ugly and it's going to get uglier because war is ugly. And indeed, we live in a time where we're going to face something here, that, that we, and we need to be prepared for it. Social media is used for propaganda purposes. And indeed, Hamas and Islamic terrorists are excellent at this. And we're going to be seeing videos on TikTok. We've all, we're already seeing them on TikTok, Instagram, perhaps Facebook, some of these places that get through. And they're horrendous and they're ugly and they're gut-wrenching of people being murdered, of people being tortured, of people being that, that, that will really melt the heart and kind of say, wait a minute, this has got to stop. What do we do? How do we think about it? How do you prepare yourself for this? The, these are questions that we'd best think about now. It's an interesting verse in Deuteronomy chapter 30. It talks about when Israel will go to war. And and uh, it says this in verses four, th- 4 and 5. You ready? He, the priest, when they're preparing to go to war, he, the priest shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, you are approaching the battle against your enemies today. Do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And then he goes on and he says, okay, you can't be faint-hearted. It's really interesting to me. I, I had a wonderful talk, quite interesting talk, with a former commander of the Israeli Defense Forces just this past spring. I visited with him for 45 minutes or so, and he talked to me about how he would train people. And he, his, his, he had some crack retreat. He was a paratrooper. They would sometimes paratroop behind enemy lines where it was very dangerous, and they had to be courageous. And he talked to me about how he trained soldiers to be courageous. He said, it's not how big they are. It's not how strong they are. It's not even the weapons they have. It's are they courageous. And uh, it's very moving discussion with this man. And he talked about courage, how courage comes from God. It's the only place you really get courage is it comes from God, the type of courage you need to have. And so he said, if, if people aren't courageous, they don't let him be a part of his force. They've got to show courage or else. They're dismissed or they're given other jobs where they won't have to be, see the horrors of war. And as I've said, war is a horrible thing. After, after we're told here about be courageous, uh, the law, God gives them several reasons that a person can be dismissed. 
he's newly married, doesn't have children yet, or if he's just built a home but has not yet dedicated, or he has a new field and it's not yet eaten any fruit of it. He's allowed to be dismissed from the war and go back and enjoy those and get his, his life started before he would risk dying in war. And then there's one other, and it says this. Then the officers shall speak, Deuteronomy 30, verse 8. Then the officers shall speak further to the people and say, Who is the man that is afraid and faint-hearted? Let him depart and return to his house, so that he might not make his brother's hearts melt like his heart. This is such an important principle that just as courage is contagious, so also is fear. I see this on the campus often. I see that, that Christian students are fearful and intimidated, and this fear is contagious. I see it in the Christian community. Sometimes we're afraid of things that are coming upon us. We're afraid of, of what our government could turn against us. And there can be fear that melts our hearts and causes us to not act with courage. And this fear can be contagious. But I also think that boldness and courage can be contagious. Indeed, that's one thing I hope from this channel. I think God has given me, at least in on the campus ministry, courage and boldness. And when I speak on campus, that often is contagious. And people get it, and, and, and believers are emboldened themselves to stand strong for the Lord as a result of seeing someone else. Well, this is what he's saying in warfare. If your heart is, is if you're fearful, and if you're faint-hearted and afraid, leave because courageous soldiers can be affected by your fearful your own fear. What an interesting thing. Now, the reason I say this is because, again, as I mentioned earlier, when we're going to be seeing video and images that that can melt our heart and can give us a compassion, say, no, th this can't keep going on. And the response and Israel's response to what was done to them. And indeed, this has happened in the past where Israel's responding to terror attacks against it and other people, maybe with fearful hearts, including our government and some of the people in our State Department. They see these images and they say, wait a minute, you've got to, you've got to pull off. Put your foot on the brake. Take foot off the accelerator. Let up here a little bit. This is, these images are not good for us politically. You can't keep giving them or else uh, it'll, we'll suffer. So, so they put the brakes on them. They stop them. They slow them down. This, by the way, I might add, not to get off the subject, this is a lot of the reason why we lost the Vietnam War. Because for the first time, images of war were being broadcast right into our living room, right at dinner time. And people who weren't prepared for the horrors of war were seeing it over dinner, and, and it, it created this huge anti-war movement. What are we saying? We're not saying you're to be deceptive and not tell people what's happening. We're just saying many people aren't prepared for this. It takes, it takes a certain type of person who is able to go to war. Well, well, this gets to us Christians now. In Scripture, we're told to forgive. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. I'll tell you, as we start seeing some of these images, and it does 
it affects those of us who have compassion and love for people, and we do believe God loves all people, and we do believe that God wants the gospel to go to all people, and one of my prayers is that in, in Palestine there would be a, 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 a gospel revival, and that uh, these aren't Christian for the most part. There are probably some there, but for the most part, they don't like Christian people. But that the gospel might go out, and people might turn to Jesus and find salvation. I pray the same for the Jews of in Israel. I pray for the same for the people of America. I pray for the world to see this. But barring that happening, this is what we want. But also, and when we see these pictures, we'll say, "Wait a minute! How can a Christian support what's happening over there? We're not to be taking vengeance." We're to leave room for God's wrath. We're, we're to be forgiving people. We're not to hate our enemies. And indeed, this is true. But you look just about six verses later, and Paul says this. He's talking now about civil government. This is, this is directed towards, towards Christians, this verse, Romans 12, 19. But in Romans 13, 4, he's, t- he's been telling us to be subject to the governing authorities, and this is what he says. For it, the governing authorities, the civil authorities— is a minister of God to you for good. If you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. That's what government does. Government is to be, they are supposed to be, they are given power and authority by God in order to bring wrath and and be an avenger and bring wrath on the one who practices evil. They are to protect the good people. They are to make it easy for the good people to live a secure life by by bringing by avenging and bringing wrath on the evildoers. Now wait a minute. I thought back here it says that's what God does. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And so we're not to be taking vengeance. But just a few verses later. He's saying that civil authorities, government, is an avenger who brings wrath. These, th- this is the same root word in the Greek. Romans 12, 19, Romans 13, 4, when it talks about uh, revenge, take vengeance, be an avenger, this is the same root word. It's essentially the same word. When it, Here it says that God will bring wrath, leave room for the wrath of God. Here it says government brings wrath as a minister of God, on those who practice evil. And so what, what do we learn from here? We learn that you, as you interpret the Bible correctly, you've got to ask, who is it addressed to? As individual Christians, we cannot be consumed by hate. We've got to learn to be uh, controlled by verses like forgive and love. Why? Because, folks, hatred will destroy you and me. As Christians, we are to be loving people, and we are not to allow uh, hatred into our hearts. But this does not mean that we should uh, oppose government's legitimate duty to protect good people by punishing bad people. This is their role. The role of government is not to be the forgiver and forgiver. That's the role of us Christians. The role of government is to make sure that bad people are punished. Now, it's interesting. What does the word vengeance even mean? It's different than the word revenge. Revenge is, is uh, I, I'm filled with hate and I got to get even. But vengeance, the word vengeance means this, 
the punishment inflicted or the retribution exacted for an injury or wrong. Brothers and sisters, this is the role of government. We've kind of gotten to the place of this maybe a video for another time. We think government's supposed to take care of us. Government's supposed to uh, provide for us. Government's supposed to educate us. Government's supposed to make sure we're all comfortable, all these things. That goes beyond the scope of what Scripture really gives to government. Scripture says government is to reward, uh, make, its, make its good people safe and secure and free, and make bad people fearful and bring out the wrath and judgment and vengeance upon them, the just punishment. Now, government is not to be driven by hatred either. Government is to be driven by justice. I think we should pray for our Israeli friends and for the government there because a a terrible wound was inflicted upon them, a terrible and painful wound. And, And we should pray for them that they won't be consumed by hatred but rather would be consumed by justice and would say that the just punishment will be inflicted. But lest we stand by and be too judgmental of them. And I often think of this myself. I I call for justice, and yet I also say I've never been in that position. You know, in Scripture, there's some pretty heavy punishments. Right now, Gaza's being besieged. Their, 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 Their vital services have been cut off to them. Well, that happened in Scripture times, and and in times there were there were you know the skeptics like to bring out a verse where in the Psalms are praying might their babies' heads be dashed against the rocks. I don't know if it's necessarily saying that's a good thing. It's saying that's the emotion. That's the, that's what someone feels. And I must say, when I'm asked about this question on campus, is this godly? I say, I don't know, but I, I, I want to be slow to judge someone who feels that way because I've never had my baby's head bashed against the rock. I've never seen my, my family members tortured, abused, uh, violated, assaulted in ways that, that Hamas did and that was done in the Old Testament. And that human emotion to cry out for, for, for just punishment, that what was done to them would be done back, um, be careful about being too judgmental of someone who's gone through that pain, whether on a national scale or even just on a personal scale, gone through that pain that you've never experienced. We have to help people through this. We have to help people and not, not be virtue signalers and say, I would never feel that way if that was done to me. You don't know. You don't know. Bottom line today, distinguish between the role of government to bring retribution and punishment upon evildoers who've inflicted harm on others. As believers, we want to have a heart of forgiveness. We release people so they don't destroy us. If you hold on to hatred and bitterness at someone who's hurt you, it will destroy you. We release them. Doesn't mean that we say everything is okay. Doesn't mean it says what you did was all right. Doesn't even mean I'm going to forget about it. It doesn't mean I don't want you to be punished for it. It means in my heart, I'm releasing you so you don't continue to harm me, and now I'm calling for justice to be done. So I believe we can call for that. We can make sure we we cannot be consumed by hate, and yet pray that justice would be done upon those who perpetrated such evil acts. One final thing I do want to say: this is not a one-time event. Israel's been been facing this for years and years and years and years and years. And how do you deal with it? It's so hard to know. Right now, half of, uh, half of Gaza is at age 15, and they've been trained and indoctrinated to hate the Jews. 
and it's deep. It runs deep. There is a hatred there. And, and can it be changed? I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps this is why God called in the Old Testament sometimes annihilate the whole, all of Jericho, annihilate all the Amalekites, because, because if you don't, this, this cancerous hatred will be with you forever. And indeed, that's what we see happening even today. So their response will be brutal. Response will be brutal. It'll be painful to see. It'll be tough to see. If your heart melts, don't be looking at it. Don't be looking at it. And don't let your melted heart pressure others who acting with justice, courage to bring out the appropriate vengeance. Don't let your heart uh, melt their heart. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for the instructions in the Word of God. We confess, Lord, that we're humans, and some things that happen in this fallen world are so hard to see, so hard to fathom, so hard. And, and Lord, now we, we used to read about it or hear about it, and now we're seeing video of it, we're hearing screams, and we're seeing bloodshed. And Lord, it, it does, it hurts. It hurts our heart to see this, no matter which side is being, uh, this pain's being inflicted upon. We pray, Father, today for the people of the Middle East. We pray for the leaders of Israel. Lord, I pray they would be ministers of God, executing a vengeance and, and righteous wrath. Help them not to be consumed by hatred, but help them have a drive to, for true justice and to take it to whatever extent must be taken. We pray for a gospel revival amongst the people of Gaza, amongst the people of Israel, amongst the people of the United States. We pray for a gospel revival amongst our leadership here in America. We pray that somehow, Lord, this tr- terrible evil would lead to your glory and that and your and the good good could somehow come of it. My Pete, we pray today for those who are being held hostage. Keep them safe, protect them. Might their eyes be on you, Lord. We pray for those who suffered terrible loss, had people murdered. We pray, Lord, for the pain they're in. in. Bring them comfort, we ask. And might they find that comfort in our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in your name and give you glory today. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, folks, these are tough questions. I'm glad you're here. I'm cl- we, we come here every day and we try and provide guidance for daily Christian living. And when things in the news warrant it, we try and speak on a Christian perspective on some of the tough issues that we will be facing and thinking about and maybe discussing with others. Join me here each day, 8.30 a.m. live Eastern Time, or you can come later in the day and watch the videos, or you can even listen to the uh, podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. Just search for Tom the Preacher. If you're here every day, I love you. So glad to have you here. If you're new, I hope you subscribe, join the channel, tell your friends, make a commitment to come here regularly. It'll benefit you and bless you. God bless you. I love you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.